Over the last couple of weeks, and for some even longer, preachers have been working like crazy to bring congregations all over the world something that would hopefully glorify God and yet get people to see get people to see the importance of what it is that Jesus done there is no more important day than what today symbolizes today reminds us of something that we as believers should actually never never lose sight of and that is that over over 2000 years ago today someone did someone did the unthinkable for you and I could you imagine someone done the unthinkable for you and I I love how Eugene Peterson author of the Message Bible, paraphrase the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, and it reads, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for any of us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God, in he puts his love on the line for us by offering his son and sacrificial death while we were of no use, whatever, to him. <laughs> Let me read that last part again. We can understand someone worth dying for. And we could understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use, whatever, to him. Today, uh, all of our classes are in the sanctuary with us. That means some, some our kids are in here and our babies are in here, our youth are in here, which means that you're going to hear some distractions sometimes. You're going to hear some kids be kids. This doesn't call for all of us to shift our heads in that direction and make that person feel awkward. Because if you got kids, then you should be trained well by noise. And if it is, all that it takes is a baby crying out or talking out loud or laughing uncontrollably that can throw you off your spare right here in the church, then baby, you got problems. Because the distractions outside of the church are far greater than the babies inside the church. Amen? So every mother with a baby, grandbaby, grandmother with a grandbaby, niece, nephew, whatever, 
go ahead and woosah. You are cool in the house of the Lord. We know your babies might trip, but we ain't tripping about that. Amen? Now, if it gets chaotic, take them out for a second. But don't be sitting here hoping, I hope he don't act a fool in here today. They babies, and they supposed to act, because what we talking about, as powerful as this gospel is, these kids, do, they don't have a clue. Amen? And so you, you do them uh, unjustly, wanting them to do something in this time frame that they cannot do. So I'll work fast. Amen? So if repeat after me. If the babies cry, if the babies talk, if the babies want to run across the room, we came for Jesus. So we ain't tripping on that. Now tell them, parents, exhale. Now seal it with a hand clap. And first out the gate is my grandchildren. Amen. I love it. My boys, amen. <laughs> Let's have a good time in the Lord today, amen. We can understand someone worth dying for. We can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death that while we were of no use, whatever to him. Oh. I often explain what Christ did for us like this. It was the doctrine of substitution. He took my history and he gave me his destiny. <laughs> I, I want you to think about that for a second. He took your history and he gave you, he gave you his destiny. Now, now, right off the bat, that might not seem like much. But when it is that we think about what his destiny is versus what our history was, I, I mean, if you would just take, in fact, I just want to implore you to take 10 seconds and, and, and think about your worst you. Lord, have mercy. You, would you just think about your worst you before Christ? Oh, Lord. And, and, and only use five of those seconds on that. And, and, and take the other five seconds, and I want you to think about uh, uh, Christ. Uh, I want you to think about the worst you even and especially since being saved. And he steps on the scene. He steps on the scene to make a trade. And if you would think about that and honestly think about for 10 seconds the best you, the worst you rather, before Christ, and the worst you after Christ, oh Lord, how mercy, then I think that that would somewhat shift the way you think about his destiny for your history. Now let me put you up on some game real quick, and the Holy Spirit just told me to do this. If you come to church for anything other than an experience with Jesus, then you came to the wrong place. Things will never mean to you what they should mean to you 
if you're not here for who you should be here for. So when it is that I begin to say, take 10 seconds, five of them, to think about your worst you before you got saved, and use the other five seconds to think about the worst you since you've been saved, see that right there, and then think about the fact that he wants to take all of the worst of you and give you his destiny. That should, that should drive you wild. The problem, oh Lord, this ain't even in my notes. The problem is that we've come to church for everything but Jesus. And when it is that we talk about his history for our destiny, that doesn't mean anything to us. Because truth be told, we're really not in a, in a place of alignment where Jesus really means everything to us. So, 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 so I don't waste time anymore pumping and priming folk uh, that really don't want to be pumped and primed. Amen. See, see, because if you've ever been in a place of despair, if you've ever been in a place of heartache, if you've ever been in a place of loss, if you've ever been in a place of depression, if you've ever been in a place of brokenness, if the enemy has had his way with you times three and God delivered you, see, you don't need a hype man, you don't need a song, you don't need a drummer, you don't need a keyboard player, you don't need none of that. All on the strength that God kept you is enough to make you lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. When you begin to think about his destiny, and the whole time that I was writing this, uh, my spiritual father, Jeff Swain, was in my mind, and I said, I, I know I'm going to hear his mouth behind this one. And, and, uh, but, but I, you, know, I, you know, I'm just raised on it. And he said, uh, you know what you're getting with his destiny. You know some of what you're getting with Jesus' destiny. Here it comes. He already knows what I'm about to say. Uh, uh, they tell us that the streets are paved in gold. His destiny is sitting, that, that's a theological situation between he and I. Uh, his, his destiny is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now, see, that, see that's, that's powerful because, again, the church should have lost its mind when he says, uh, since he made the trade and you get the destiny for his history, then you get to sit at the right hand of the Father. Why in the world would we have a silent church when you say you get to sit at the right hand of the Father? The only reason why the church would be quiet is if the church don't think they... His destiny is uh, we will never experience pain or suffering anymore. Nothing but peace and joy and happiness. I mean, the awesomeness of heaven is truly, it's truly indescribable. And when you think about what he gets, uh, when you think about it, he, uh, what, what uh, some theologians deem this doctrine, they call it substitution. But I simply call it a trade. Because without me releasing my history to him, I cannot and will not, he cannot nor will not release his destiny to me. This is how the trade works. Uh, uh, Stonia, can I see your purse? Uh, uh, Marion, give, 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 give Kevin a, a bag or a purse. I've got here, come on man, get that purse. I've got, <laughs> I've got destiny, hey Lord, how much in my bag. Uh, Kevin has history. <laughs> As you look at our bags, I want you to see my gold paved streets. 
I, I want you to see that I ain't rocking with no depression in my bag, ain't no low self-esteem in my bag, joy, peace, and love, understanding. You understand what I'm saying to you is all in my bag. But look at, look at, look at Kevin's old sinful bag over there. Kevin's history is in that bag. All, all his adult, all his fornication, all his drug use, all his drink, and all that profanity. All that's in Show your bag off, Kevin. All that. And, and, and everybody and everybody is, is looking at Kevin like, mm, 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 look at that bag. But, but truth be told, if you was to come down to make the trade, your bag might have more than Kevin's bag has in it. Now, I want you to understand that there, there is, it cannot be considered a trade until we first meet up. Lord, have mercy. We first got to meet up to make the trade. You understand what I'm saying to you. Uh, 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 and, and the only way that I can get everything that God has promised me, uh, the only way that Kevin can get everything that I have, uh, God has promised him in the trade talks is if he releases his bag. Now, you would think that Kevin would be quick to want to release his bag. But in order for him to release his bag means that he understands that God has to see what's in the bag. It's right here where many of us have a problem with crossing over to Christ. Because now that we are here to make the trade, Kevin finds it hard to give me his bag of history. Not, not, not that he don't want it. Not that he wants to keep it for himself. Not that he's in love with it. But in fact, because Kevin is actually ashamed of what's in the bag. I, I, I want to get rid of this, but I don't want Jesus, Jesus to see all of this about me. I, I, I want to get rid of this. Hand me the bag, but take it back. I want to get rid of this, but I don't want him to know about the drugs that I took part in. I, I want to get rid of this, but I don't want him to know about all of the fornication that I took part in. I want to get rid of this, but I don't want Jesus to know. Can I just go ahead and tell about of you in here, some of you are in a situation right now where you have met Christ at the line, and it's time to make the trade, but because you are ashamed, because you feel guilty, because you feel bad about what's in the bag, you don't want the Prince of Peace to see your mess, so you're stuck at the line, and until you hand me the history, he cannot hand you the destiny. This right here is a critical time because right here is usually when 85% of the people walk away from the trade. Right here, right here, you, 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 you think that, 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 that them just coming to church was the moment. No, baby, it's when they get to the point to where they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they come, they got they done bagged up. You ever bagged up all your hell? You ever bagged up all your mess? You ever decided that you ain't gonna live like this no more? You ain't gonna walk like this, talk like this? You ain't going out like this no more? And you get it all bagged up. You tell Jesus, meet me at the appointed time, at the appointed place. And you show up and you get ready to hand it to him. And then you gotta take it back. Jesus oftentimes just does this. Walk off with your history. It'll be here when you're ready. How many of us are sitting in the room today with a bag of destiny with our names on it while we're sitting over in a corner sulking about where we are 
in our carnal lives. How many of us are missing out on the promises of God, on the blessings of God, simply because Satan has duped you into believing that God don't already know what he's trading for? Can I say that again? God already knows what he is trading for. In fact, there is a verse in the Bible that says that nothing is hidden from the Lord, uh, uh, from the Lord God, which we must give, whom we must give an account for everything that we have done. So hold on. I want you to get check that out. He already knows what he's getting, yet he still wants the trade. Whew, Lord, have mercy. Now, today with social media, you can trade just about anything online. When you release the funds, the company that you're buying from is supposed to send you the product immediately. And, 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 ev and, and while uh, every now and again I use this online buying option, I I'm an old school brother at heart. I I I'm just one of those people, you know, who, who likes to, to really see what it is that I'm getting for my money. And, and I've got this philosophy, I don't know, call me crazy, that says if I give you my money, I want my stuff right then. I don't want it in two to five days from now. And, and as convenient as this online shopping is, it comes with its own issues as well. In, in fact, I recall a particular time that Kevin came up on the strength of this service. And, 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 uh, and when it was that I saw a blazer online, and, and it was really nice. And, and when I looked at the price, I thought to myself, man, that's a steal right there. That's a deal if I ever saw one. So, so, so I punted my size and, as well as the color that I desired, and I sent my money to this place. Three months later, I received a package in the mail. Did, did you hear that? I said 12 weeks later. I received a package in the mail, and when I opened the package, to my disappointment, the size of the jacket, though I specified 3X, was more like an X. I'm talking about this jacket was so small, it, it, it didn't require a number in front of it. So, so, so not only did it take me 12 weeks to get the blazer, once I received it, it didn't fit me. I tried to call and reach out to the company to fix the problem, but getting in touch with someone was like pulling teeth. Aren't you glad that the trade you make with Jesus is nothing like that? When, when trading with Jesus, his destiny for our history, as soon as you surrender your history, watch this, you get his salvation. As, as soon as you surrender, he forgives you of your sins. As soon as you surrender, what he promised you in trade talks is what you will receive. And you don't have to worry if it fits, baby. It was especially designed for you. You don't have to wonder of when it's coming. It becomes yours immediately. Is there anybody in the building? that's glad that God keeps his word, he keeps his word in the trade. Now, not only does the trade include his destiny for our history, no, no, the trade is much deeper than that. The doctrine of substitution is so remarkably powerful because when we think about the substitute, it often takes us back to our days in school, and everyone enjoyed the perks of having a substitute, teach, a substitute teacher, because usually uh, when the real teacher was going to be out, they didn't leave anything too heavy for the substitute to have to deal with. So, so it was more of a laid back day in class for the students. But on this particular day, the substitute being Jesus showed up with a quite different mindset. He knew that what we were headed for was much bigger than us.
He knew that without him being willing to sub in on this one, we would surely perish. Let me make it plain. When we think about the word substitute in this instance, we have to ask, who and what was Jesus substituting for? And the answer is major because the who was us, and, and, and what he was substituting for was the penalty. Because that is what we would have had to suffer had it not been for Jesus hanging on that cross and dying. The penalty of everything our sinful, silly, arrogant selves had done and been a part of. Now, now for the life of me, I cannot figure out why the Prince of Peace would do this for me. Uh, why would the only perfect one lay down his life for a sinner like me? Is it anybody else in the building that tries to wrap your mind every now and again? Uh, after all I've done, after all that I've said, after all the times uh, that I done lied, got high, got drunk, laid up, went down, robbed folk, popped pistols, even had slick things to say about God and his word. Why would this Jesus do this for me? I remember, I remember sitting in a cell in the Louisville jail facing 20 to life in Louisville and just giving my life to God and I was sitting on my bunk and I was perplexed, happy yet confused. Here I am, a Muslim, a former Muslim, here I am. Someone who made jokes about Jesus and dog walked the Christians every chance that I got, who spread, who spread wickedness about the Messiah. Here I am, someone who would say, I, I don't trust the Christians for anything. I mean, uh, look what they believe and, and look how they operate and look how they act. And, 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 and I would disrespect Jesus on every level. Here, here I am, sitting on the side of my bunk with tears in my eyes, understanding that with all I had done and with all taught my children to hate Jesus, taught my children to hate Christianity, and, and, and truth be told, don't like folk who were stupid enough to believe that way. All I had done, and here I am, sitting on the side of a bunk. You understand what I'm saying to you? With tears in my eyes because I know that I knew that I know that when I said I was sorry, he accepted my apology. When I said I was sorry, he forgave me of my sins, and I don't know why he did it, but he did it, and I don't know how he let it go because there's been some people that said some things about me that, that, that it's been years now that I've not been able to let go yet, but some of the craziest, foulest, vilest things that I said about Jesus, and he was able to let it go. He was able to play it off. He was able to wash it down the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it again. I'm on the side of the bunk, and I'm trying to figure out how this Jesus, with all I've done, could love me, <laughs> but I know that I know that I know I've been changed. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, it don't make no never mind what folk call me. It don't make no never mind what folks still say about me. It don't make no never mind about what they rumor about me. You understand what I'm saying to you? I know that I know that I know I've been changed. Lord, have mercy. I find myself 
asking this question almost every day of my life because on my best day, I don't measure up. And truth be told, my wife, yeah, I'd die for. My children, I would die for them, and, and I got some grandbabies uh, that, that, that I would die for, but, 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 but all of them, I know, you, you understand what I'm saying to you, I, I know my wife, and I know my kids, and I know my grandbabies, you understand what I'm saying to you, and what's more important is that I know they love me, <laughs> but what this Jesus did pushes my thinking to the limit, <laughs> oh, it pushes my thinking to the limit, because when he died on the cross, <laughs> he knew a lot of us would love him. When he died on the cross, he knew a lot of us was going to reject his love. When he died on the cross, he knew that a lot of people was going to play church, but really not be with him. In fact, I'm reminded of scripture when he said, with your lips, you worship me, but your heart is far from me. Y'all don't hear me in here. I need you to understand the situation. I, I need you to see the last few moments of Jesus's free life. The night the night is young when Jesus starts off with letting the disciples know I, I know that one of you is going to betray me Lord have mercy and Judas says Lord is it I and Jesus said you said it I didn't watch this uh, may I suggest that it would be wise to watch the one who's always got something to say when you are simply just telling it like it is guilt has a way of making folk feel uncomfortable it, it makes them, y'all ain't hearing me in here, it makes them have to speak when really you wasn't even expecting a response. I'm always watchful of the one that's always got something to say when I'm speaking in a crowd, but somebody's got to jump up and be the one to pop off. Watch the folk around you that when it shouldn't have no type of criticism, that shouldn't feel no type of guilt, shouldn't feel no type of shame, but always got something to say when you simply just saying this is how it is. Uh, oh Lord, when we, when we find Jesus, uh, then we find Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper, something that we took, uh, we was going to take part of today. But but the night is getting later. Oh, Lord, how mercy! Uh, and we find him saying in Matthew chapter 25, uh, 26, verse thirty one, uh, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Lord, have mercy. The Amplified Bible says it like this. Then Jesus said to them, you will be offended and stumble and fall away because of me this night, distrusting and deserting me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Could you imagine, Lord, have mercy, knowing that your hour is getting closer and closer. And the ones that you walked with, the ones that you rocked with for three and a half years, the ones that you gave power to are about to see you go through something and their first response will be to flee because they don't trust you and they don't trust who you say you are. Could you imagine this night for Jesus? Oh, I've 
done for you. All of you was nobodies. All of you was struggling. All of you couldn't be respected. But because you rode with me, everything about your life has changed. I've given you purpose. I've given you significance. You have a reason to be here. And at the first sign that hell has hit my life, now all of a sudden, you ready to flee. Ooh, we could bring that thing all the way down to 20 23, couldn't we? Because huh? ain't folk like that in the church today. Huh? I can pray for you, Lord, have mercy. Show up at the hospital. Huh? Write letters to the judge. Huh? Write, you, 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 oh, God, y'all don't hear me. Show up in court and speak on your behalf. Huh? But let the pastor have a bad moment. Oh, y'all don't hear me up in here. Let, let, let the pastor drop the ball. Huh? Let the pastor seem halfway human. Huh? And then we forget about everything huh, that the pastor has done. It ain't just me, baby. Some of you have been friends with some folk uh, that you done went through more hell than a little bit with. Uh, you done had some people that you had they back to the fullest. Uh, but the first time that you don't measure up to what the way the way they think you should measure up, uh, the first time you can't pay their bills, uh, the first time you can't loan them a little bit of money, uh, the first time you decide to tell them the truth about they self, uh, all of a sudden uh, y'all ain't as close as you used to be. Uh, all of a sudden you get accused of changing up uh, and thinking you brand new and uh, now you save you can't do this and you can't do is it anybody that knows something about betrayal uh, I, I was never called to be perfect uh, as in make no mistakes uh, I was called to be perfect as pursuing spiritual perfectness and maturity you understand what I'm saying to you but baby if we gonna be cool uh, you gonna have to understand uh, that sometimes I might drop the ball uh, if we gonna be cool you gonna have to understand uh, that at the end of the day uh, I'm a whole human uh, if we gonna be cool uh, you gonna have to understand uh, that sometimes uh, I'm gonna do some things uh, that might not be pleasing before your sight uh, but I'm so glad uh, that I serve a God uh, that I've got a right to say father I'm sorry that I messed up father I'm sorry that I said that father I'm sorry that it seems like I'll be working at it and working at it and working at it but it seems like I keep on failing. Is it anybody in the building that bears the cross that you've got some things you're dealing with that if you could just get rid of it like that you'd get rid of it like that but this flesh keeps calling me. This flesh keeps dogging me. This flesh I can't seem to overcome it. This flesh I'm overwhelmed by it. Is it anybody in the building uh, that today needs to stand up on their feet and say, I got some flesh that keeps me from being the best me, but I ain't going to give up. I've got some flesh that keeps me saying some things that sometimes I should not say, but I ain't going to give up. This flesh stops me from being the best me, but I ain't going to give up. Is it anybody that understands that flesh don't make me a sinner? Flesh makes me a human. So I ain't going to hell for my flesh because I'm fighting it and fighting it with everything I got. And I don't lose the battle until I give up. I don't lose the battle till I give in to it. I don't lose the battle till I say, flesh, have your way. And because, because I'm not going to 
ever bow down to my flesh. No matter how hard it is. No matter how hard it gets. No matter how tempting it gets. I'm not going to give it to my flesh. God, I thank you that when I come up short, you don't just cast me away. God, I thank you that when I drop the ball, you don't just kick me to the curb. God, I thank you that when I don't get it all right, you don't hold it against me. Is it anybody in the building that's glad that God don't keep score? Is it anybody in the building that's glad he gives another chance? Is it anybody in the building that's glad that he died for you, that you might have a right? Some of you might not feel me because you don't never go through nothing. Some of you might not feel me because you come out the womb speaking in tongues. But can I just talk to about 20 real people in here today that's real enough to say, I go through more hell than a little bit. Ah, my enemy ain't my greatest hater. My greatest enemy is not my haters. My greatest enemy, watch this, is not my boss. My greatest enemy is not my teachers. But my greatest enemy me is the enemy in me. My greatest enemy is on the inside of me and it's constantly trying to take me out and I'm glad that I don't have to be perfect and I'm glad that I don't have to get it all right and I'm glad. Have a seat. Come on. I'm almost done. Watch this. Watch this. The night is getting young. <laughs> the night is getting young. And the ones that he gave power to, Lord have mercy, are about to see him go through something. Watch this. And the first thought is to flee used to be a song by a ghetto theologian by the name of Too Short that said it was all good just a week ago. Just a week ago, y'all was fighting over who meant the most to me. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> but, but, but now that hell has hit the horizon of my life, all y'all now y'all want to flee. Uh, it, it is then that Peter, the Tupac of Christianity, tells Jesus, Messiah, you've got me twisted. I will never leave you. Uh, the, the, these other jokers might bounce when it gets real, but, but not me. And, and, and then births a small argument between Jesus and Peter. Uh, be, 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 before the rooster crows, Jesus says, uh, you will deny me three times. But Peter, did you hear what I said to you? But Peter wasn't hearing it and, and, and declared, uh, 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 come what may, I will never die. I, I would rather die with you, but I would never deny you. Is it anybody in the building that can declare today, it don't make no never mind what's going on. I'm going, I will never deny God. Is it, do I got any of those people in here today? Stop lying, stop lying, stop lying. You're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Because Peter walked with him three. 
and a half years, and he denied him. Peter watched him raise the dead and give them back to life, and he denied him. Peter, Peter watched him give sight to the blind, but Peter denied. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't seen nothing. Y'all, y'all didn't walk hand in hand with him. And, 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 and some of us are saying, oh, I will never deny him. When uh, Truth be told, we denied him last night. Oh, God. Uh, truth be told, we denied him last week. Uh, truth be told, we got denial waiting at the house once we leave here today. Uh, I'll never deny him. Uh, deny him. Uh, the devil is a liar. Uh, I want you to understand uh, that if you can't fast, uh, you will deny God. Uh, I want you to understand uh, if you're not an everyday Bible reader, uh, you will deny God. Uh, I want you to understand uh, that if church ain't that important, uh, you will deny God. Uh, can I just go ahead and say this at risk of everybody being mad at me? Uh, some of us already know we've been denying God. Uh, we denied God walking in the door. Uh, we denied him while we was getting ready this morning. Uh, we denied him last night. Uh, but we'll come into the house of the Lord uh, where the oh God, uh, where the spirit of the Lord dwells uh, and lie straight to Jesus. Uh, I love you more than anything. Uh, stop lying. Because uh, if you loved him more than anything, uh, you wouldn't have sex without marriage. Uh, I love him more than anything. Uh, stop lying. Because uh, if you loved him more than anything, uh, you wouldn't have sex with other people while you were married. Uh, I, I love him more than anything. Uh, stop lying. Because uh, if you loved him more than anything, uh, you tell the truth about your taxes. Uh, I love him more than anything. Uh, stop lying. Because if, oh, don't get me started up in here. Is it anybody willing to deny themselves for Jesus? Watch this. The night is getting younger. Matthew, the night is getting younger when Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and Matthew, we find Jesus, chapter 26, verse number 36. And then it says, then Jesus came uh, with them to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. And said to the disciples, sit here while I go pray over there. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee. Zebedee and, and he began to sorrowful, to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, watch this. This is Jesus. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. This is Jesus. Stay here and watch with me. Verse number 38 says it like this in the Amplified. And after going a little further, he fell down and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, that is consistent with your will, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Here's a teaching moment, uh, all my ministers in training. Oh, here's a teaching moment. If you consider yourself a follower of Christ, then the only way anything you do is possible or kingdom legal is if it is consistent with the Father's will. If it is not consistent with the Father's will, then it is illegal to the kingdom. He goes back and he finds a part of his team sleeping on the job. <clears throat> and he asks them, not even for an hour. You couldn't watch and pray for an hour. 
Can I just go ahead and say you want to be careful of folk uh, that when it is you are going through the hell of your life and, and people know it but continue to do them. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you you got to be careful of the folk that when you tell them of the discrepancy that's popping off in your life or the hell or the viciousness or the unfairness or the unjustness that's popping off in your life and they just listen to it and say something like this, oh, that's deep, ha. Huh? I pray for you. And then get on with what it is that they're going through in life. L let me tell you something, baby. You, you, you've got to know, watch this, uh, uh, that in the fire, you've got to know who's with you for real. Can I say that again? In the fire, you've got to know who's with you for real. See, see, some will come to help you fight, but there's going to be some that come just to see you burn. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because they showed up with you don't mean they with you. Uh, watch this. The, the, the night is getting, the night is getting later. Uh, a, a little later, Jesus prays uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 26 and 42. He says, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. These prayers reveal that Jesus' mindset, it, it reveals his mindset just before the crucifixion, but yet it also reveals his mindset and of his total submission to the will of God. The cup to which Jesus is referring to uh, is about the hell that he's about to endure. Uh, it's about the suffering that he's about to go through. Uh, it's as if Jesus was being a cup handed uh, full of bitterness uh, with the expectation that he drink all of it. Uh, when, when, when Jesus petitions the Father, let this cup has for me. He expresses the natural human desire to avoid the suffering. Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully human. He's 100% God, but he's also 100% man. Not 50% man, nor 50% God, because if that was true, then only 50% of your struggles could you be delivered from. Oh God, y'all missed that. His human nature, though perfect, still struggled with the need to accept the torture and the shame that awaited him. His flesh recoiled at the thought of the cross. In the same context, Jesus says to his disciples, the spirit is willing. Ah, oh, but this flesh is weak. Let this cup pass from me. Jesus was battling the flesh and its desire for self-preservation and comfort. The struggle was intense. Jesus was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Luke, the physician, observed that Jesus was sweating blood, a sign of extreme anguish. If anything shows that Jesus is indeed fully man, this prayer is letting us know right now. Jesus knew of the things to come. He knew of the agony he faced. He knew what was going on was going to be more than just physical. It would be spiritual and emotional 
Bible as well. Jesus knew that God's will was to crush him, to allow him to be pierced for our transgressions, to allow him to be wounded for our healing. Uh, you missed it right there. You should have lost his mind. I said Jesus knew that God's will was to crush him. Oh, Lord, have mercy. To allow him to be pierced for our transgressions. He's getting whooped for something that he's not done. He's a perfect man. He's a perfect God. To be wounded so that you could look MS in the face and say, by his stripes, I am healed. He's being wounded so somebody in here can stir cancer in the face and say, by his stripes, I am healed. He's being wounded so that somebody in here can look depression dead in the eyes and say, by his stripes, I am healed. Now, I need you to understand that Jesus loves mankind, but his humanity dreaded the pain and sorrow he faced. And it drove him to ask his father, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way to redeem mankind, Jesus asked to take that way. But the events following his prayer showed us all that there was no other way. Jesus' only possible sacrifice, the only possible way for him to sacrifice was to sacrifice himself to redeem the world. Jesus prays, watch this, yet not as I will but as you will Jesus was committed to the will of God and he was committed mind body and soul the prayer of the righteous watch this is always dependent upon the will of God in Gethsemane Jesus conquered the flesh and kept it in subjection to the spirit he did this through praying intensely to the father submitting himself to God's plan. Ain't it good to know that when we face trials, Jesus faced greater trials. Lord, have mercy. Isn't it good to know that we want God's will? Watch this. Ain't it good to know that God understands, Jesus understands what it feels like, watch this, to want God's will and not want it at all. Oh, y'all don't hear me in here. I said, Jesus even understood uh, what it felt like to want God's will, but don't want his will at all. Oh, y'all acting like y'all don't hear me. Don't act like you wanted to be righteous all your life. Don't act like why you, you just wanted to be righteous and it wasn't a struggle. Don't act like it, you just wanted to be with the Lord and it wasn't a problem. Jesus understood that I want to do what it is that the Father tells me to do, but I don't want to go through the hell that it's going cost me. Is it anybody in the building that can relate to Jesus? I want to be good with God. I want to be in alignment with his word. But I don't want to go through the heartache of having to let some people go. I want to be where Jesus, uh -uh, I was just talking to you, baby. I want to be where Jesus wants me to be. But in order for me to be there, I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. Some people going to think differently about me. I heard a rapper say last night that I have to 
watch out for the enemy because it was a trip how the people that loved me changed up when I changed up my energy. I want to be holy. I want to be whole, but I don't want to go through what it's going to take for me to get there. Uh, have you ever had a desire uh, to be righteous, uh, but that flesh, uh, oh Lord, that flesh. Uh, anybody know about a Friday night? <laughs> and you're trying to be holy, and you're trying to be righteous, and you just got out the Bible, and you're trying to do it all right, and then soon as you come up out of the prayer after scripture reading, you look at your phone and you got 10 texts, and the 10 texts, everybody get along with everybody. And everybody got the same thing on their mind. Girl, I'm about to come pick you up. Dog, I'm on my way. Drinks on me tonight. Thick Shonda going to be at the club. Sexy Deck's supposed to be there. And I want to do better. And I want to do better. Is it anybody that knows something about the spiritual pookie syndrome? It keeps calling me and calling me. And I'm trying to do the right thing. But every time I try to do the right thing, I find that this evil is ever present with me. What is wrong with me? I know what it takes to be good. I know what it takes to do good. I know what I get when I do do good. But something on the inside of me continues to make me want to operate contrary to the Lord's will. What is wrong with me? that I have desires down on the inside of me uh, that are too shameful to admit in front of people. Uh, what is wrong with me uh, that at a moment's notice I could cuss you out uh, and be back in prayer 30 seconds later? Uh, something is wrong with me. Uh, no, baby, ain't nothing wrong with you. Uh, you just all the way human. Uh, and it ain't no sin in that. Uh, it ain't no sin being human. Uh, Jesus knows uh, what it's like uh, to to act out of love, yet dread the hurt that's going to come from it. To desire righteousness and obedience, even with the flesh, is screaming out, stay away from it, stay away from it, stay away from it. This conflict is not sinful. It's human. Our Savior was fully human in every way, in order that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. He had to come to seek and to save the lost. And he accomplished his mission. You should have clapped right there. He accomplished his mission even though it meant drinking the cup of suffering to the bitter end. Is it anybody in the building that's glad he stuck it out at Gethsemane and he didn't punk out? He didn't see all of what he was about to go through and call in 10,000 angels to come save him. Is it anybody that's glad this morning that on the third day Jesus got up from the grave with all power in his hand. I'm glad about it because when he got up, watch this, I got up too. When he got up, watch this, you got up too. When he got up, we got up from the depression. When he got up, we got away from suicidal thoughts. When he got up, we got up from the addiction. When he got up, we got up from the low self-esteem. When he got up, I got up from my messed up mind and my mind was transformed by the renewing of his word. When I, oh God help me, when he 
got up, I got up with him. When he got up, I was no longer ashamed. When he got up, I was no longer broken. But, oh Lord, have mercy, but a made up mind came screaming, if he be for me, who can be against me? And there's some of you in here today that are so ashamed of your past that you walk around with your head down, not wanting people to know that you're in the room. But I want to declare to you today that if he be for you, who can be against you? So I dare you to stand up and let every hater in your life know that I am a child of God. I am the child of God. I am a son of the way maker. Is it anybody in the building that has it made up in their mind that tomorrow on the workplace, they about to see a different you. They about to see a saved you. They about to see a delivered you. Because early one Sunday morning, he got up. Could you imagine getting up? I asked my daughter today. I said, have you ever been punched and knocked down and found it hard to get up? And you said, yeah. She said, yeah, yeah, it's hard after you've been hit. But could you imagine with nails in your head this long, that thick, crunched down into your skull on every side? Could you imagine them beating you with hooks that took flesh out of your body? And the only way you could describe his body when they was done was dog food. Have you ever, could you ever imagine being beat to the point to where your mama don't even recognize you? You understand what I'm saying to you? But with all of that, Lord, how mercy, his whole equilibrium ripped out from him. They had him on the cross like this. The one leg was over the other. And that's symbolic of something because it began to cut off his air supply. So every now and again, you see the movies depict that he'd every blue moon, he'd go and he wouldn't do it again for a long time because my Savior, as he hung on the cross, every time he it was pain uh, equivalent uh, to six trucks hitting him uh, right in the middle of his ribs. Uh, my Savior uh, hung on a cross. Uh, blood, oh, God, help me. Uh, done dead wrong. Uh, they stripped him naked. Uh, I know you see the picture uh, where they got the towel uh, hiding his private parts. Uh, but this was total humiliation, baby. Uh, and they hung him on the cross. Uh, naked, but he was not ashamed. My Savior could have got down at any time. My Savior could have said, I ain't taking no more. My Savior could have said, I'm done with it. They ain't going to love me no way. They not going to trust me no way. They ain't going to act right no way. But God stayed on the cross. My God, he stayed in the thick of it. My Jesus, he went through all the hell of it. Huh? Oh, oh, all for the love of it. Huh? You wonder why. Huh? John 3 16 huh? tells us why. Huh? For he so loved the world huh? that he gave his only begotten son. Huh? Hold up. 
wait a minute. Let's go back and look at it again. That he so loved the world. Did you hear that? He loved the world. It don't say that he so loved the saved folk. He didn't say that he loved the ones that spoke in tongues. He didn't say that he so loved the ones that got it all together. But he so loved the world. He so loved the stripper. He so loved the prostitute. He so loved the drug addict. He so loved the alcoholic. He so loved the schizophrenic. He so loved the depressed, the broken, the downtrodden. He so loved the world that he gave his son. And all you have to do is believe in him. And you could have, you could have everlasting life. You can keep the bins, baby. I want everlasting life. You can keep the crib, baby. I want everlasting life. You can keep the bank account, baby. I want everlasting life. I want to sit next to my father. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over the few things, so I'm about to make you ruler over much. Is there anybody in the building that's looking for that great getting up morning when God shows up on the scene and you get to leave with him? Is it anybody that's looking forward to spending life eternal with Jesus? Pain you know no more. Depression you know no more. You don't need another sick pill. You don't need another happy pill. You don't need another drink. You don't need to tote the joint no more. Because on this great getting up morning, all the pain that we've known will be cast away. And I'm told that we'll be in our glorious body. And I'm told that the lame will be made to walk again. And I'm told that the blind will be able to see. I'm excited about it. I don't know about you, but I done had enough of this old world. I'm ready to be with the Lord. I'm ready to go home with the Father. One day, soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. God, don't hear me up in here. One day soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it. Here's the million dollar question. Sit down, three minutes, I'm done. Here's the million dollar question. All the hell he went through. All the hell that he went through. All the pain that he went through. Scientists have come, they have concluded that it happened. They hate him, but they had to admit that it happened. They had to admit after a, what do you call it, a telescope sat in a spot in China that would only show this particular pattern every 75 years. And they came to the conclusion that there was a God before the Big Bang. They came to this conclusion. They had a Nebuchadnezzar moment. You remember when, he, when Nebuchadnezzar, when he said, your God has saved you. This is the moment that the scientists had. This was in the last 
10 to 15 years. They had a Nebuchadnezzar moment. It's true. <laughs> he exists. They found, they found what we call the manger, the box that Jesus was in. They found it all. They know it was him. They found the scroll. And they wasn't called lions back then. They were called beasts because they were 20 times bigger than what you're assuming in your head when we talk about the lions. And they found a scroll that had names going down and some X'd out of some of the people that were being fed to these beasts. And Nebuchadnezzar said at this time after he, they opened up the, lion, the, 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 the lion's den, as they said in the Bible, and they saw that Daniel was on one side and the beasts were on the other. And Nebuchadnezzar said, your God has saved you. Do you know what he meant, Erica, when he said, your God has saved you? He's still your God, but he's not mine. When the scientists declared that it was real, they could no longer hate on it. The big boom didn't pop it off. They said, it's true, but we still won't worship it. We're living in a dispensation. We're living in a time where we know the truth. And we still won't respond correctly to it. We're living in a time where if you preach the truth, you're disliked. And I want to show you how Satan did it real quickly. He introduced us to sin. He introduced us to sin, no matter what your, your issue or ism is. And, and more than introducing you to the sin, he introduced you to the feel good of it. See, because if it didn't feel so good, you wouldn't do it. If it didn't please certain parts of your anatomy or if it didn't please that flesh, you, you wouldn't do it. Sin wouldn't be sin if it wasn't so good to you. Amen. He introduced you to the sin. And then he said this. And he introduced you to the feel good. And then he said, and God wants you to live in love. What kind of God would take happiness from you? What kind of God? You, you see how good you feel? What kind of God would deem it wrong? God, don't, he just don't want you to be happy. He introduced you to the feel good of it. And ever since that moment, that's what we've been fighting against. But it feels good. It breaks my heart. It leaves me broken, but it feels good. It disrespects me time and time again, but it, oh, but it feels good. How many of you have known sin, hated sin, knew that sin was not right for you, but could not let sin go because it what? Jesus loving mankind so much, found it not robbery to make himself of a servant. 
found himself of no, uh, he, he, he did not find it robbery to make himself of no reputation and, and, and brought himself in the form of a servant. And you wonder, the question has to be, why would he die for people that he knew cared nothing about? For the most part, would disrespect him or reject him. Here's the answer. Because he loves you. I know that we use this word love. We use this love word so shallow. In such a shallow sense. That when I say he died for you because he loves you. It really just goes over your head. Because everybody says they love you. But of everybody that you have heard say I love you. The question you could ask them is. But would you die for me? I'm going to say it again. You can tell me that you love me, but would you die for me? And, and, and some of you have people in your life that are saying, I love you, and they're killing you. They're saying, I love you, and they're killing you. My spiritual mother put it like this. She said, uh, 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 if they love you, they shouldn't want to send you to hell. If they loved you, they shouldn't be working to send you to hell. Why, why, why did he die like this? It was for the love of it. It was for the love of it. It was so that you could say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me and be forgiven. It wasn't for all of this stuff that these, these, these people want to preach about. It wasn't for you to have a bigger house and a bigger car. All that's gain. He, he died for you so that you could have a right at life everlasting. Everlasting. This God, play the soft music, I'm done. This God, this God, this perfect God, every lash, every lick every every foul of spit that went into his face every yanking of his beard do you know what the yanking of the beard meant when they was pulling the beard out from his face it's 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 very cruel when you think about the pain of that but it also represented that as i snatch your beard i snatch your identity as i snatch your beard i snatch your identity Godly, he sat on that cross to restore your identity. He sat on that cross for you to be able to look into the mirror and say, I'm okay with me. I don't, I don't hate me no more. I don't hate, I don't hate life no more. He, he hung miserably. It was to the point to where he asked his daddy, God, why have you, why have you forsaken me? Could you imagine the pain so bad that you would look at your mother and say, why have you turned your back on me? Could you imagine that beautiful baby, that beautiful baby girl being in such pain that she looked at you knowing I know the mission I knew this was going to happen 
but in such agony that he said, that she said to you and goes, why have you, why have you forsaken me, Lord? Why'd you leave me out here like this? Could you imagine going through that type of pain? Pain so cruel that it actually made you think that your parents had turned their back on you and loved you no more. I'm talking about he went through some pain. And I'm not, you got to understand something. You know, I know a lot of you have been to a lot of church services on Resurrection Sunday. And, 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 and I'm a little different because I had to be sold on this because I was straight Muslim before I ever went to penitentiary. And I understood the Quran very well. I had to be sold on this. I had to have, I, people wonder, like, you know, people who know me sit back and say stuff like, Kareem, how did you get saved? They, they, you know, you ever live such a rotten life that, that when you start getting yourself together, people just cannot believe it? And they say stuff like, God saved you? I wasn't an easy sale. I wasn't an easy sale. I, I, my salvation my surrender didn't come easy. You're going to have to prove it to me is what I told the Lord. And I thank God that he's not a proud God in the, in, in the point that he just said, whatever, I don't need to prove nothing to you. His love was so powerful that he looked past my arrogance. He looked past my foolishness. And he began to show me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Time and time again. That's the part when, 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 when the wreck that 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 we read wrecks far less harmful and graphic killed everybody in the car. Today you sit here with a with a husband and a new man because when Satan was saying make him prove it, God was saying, I will. Some of us in this room have, have OD'd. <laughs> and we've heard of people OD'ing that we have buried in this very building. And, and they didn't do what, what, what they did on a weekend that took their life. We did on a Tuesday before 6. And here we sit and stand. And every time that the enemy said, bust his heart, bust her heart right there. God said, I'll prove it. Some of you have been in those moments where you had nothing but suicide on your mind. You was done. And if you, and if you ever really, really thought about suicide, I ain't talking about, I'm talking about that suicide when you don't tell nobody. And it ain't nobody to pull you out of it. And it ain't nobody to come to your rescue. And you played it all to the point to where you, there was no signs because you was truly tired of being here and, and you was out of here. And, and had it went the way you wanted it to go, you wouldn't be here today. And, and Satan said, he don't love you. And God said, I'll prove it. And because he proved it, we sit here today. And things might not be great, and it might not be every way that we want it to be, and it might not be every way that we dreamed it, and it might not be every way that we thought it would be and we worked for it to be. But we're here because, because
because he proved it. Because he... It takes a movie for him to get away from human trafficking. The majority of them die in it. But you're here. Because he, he proved it. I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. And ain't you glad that he, it didn't say, I will never leave you nor forsake you as long as you act right. I'll never leave you nor forsake you as long as you, as long as you always do the right thing. He just simply said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, everybody gets excited about Isaiah, but I get excited because in Hebrews he says, so what can mere man do to you? Listen. Today, I want you to hear me and hear me well. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I was on the way home from Florida and, and I had one of those moments where I kind of just drifted off to sleep. Miriam was driving and I kind of drifted off to sleep. But you ever know how you're sleeping and you're thinking? And the Lord told me, he said, I want an altar call where people understand where they understand what they're getting into. He said, I want a church. I want a church where people are serious, where they're serious about me. And I, and I thought that I was tripping. I thought I was just sleeping. I was thinking about him when I passed out a little bit. And, but then this morning, he said it again. He said, I want, a, I want an altar call where people are serious about wanting me. See, because truth be told, as awesome as Resurrection Sunday is, every day is Resurrection Sunday. Not just in the church, not just at Bible study. Every day of your life, we should be shouting for God because he did it again. So if there's anybody in the building today who desires to be saved, listen to me, saved, who today desires to say, I want Jesus to be the head of my life. And I know I'm not going to be perfect. And I know I'm not going to get it all right all the time. But today, today I want to start trying. Today I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna become a Bible reader, and 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 whatever I don't understand, I'm not gonna let pride and the feeling of you know because there's a spirit that Satan will he he hits people with in the church called stupidity. He makes people feel stupid. Ain't ain't nothing stupid. It's a, you you understand what you understand. You don't what you don't. And we bless God for teachers to help you with what you don't know. Amen. In fact, it's called ignorance, and that's not an insult. Ignorance is just it, it can always be remedied with knowledge right? I'm ignorant to many things, but if I read up on it, I ain't ignorant of it anymore. Today, though, you desire to be saved, and not just in word, not just in saying it, but, but I'm, I'm tired of just saying it. Today, I mean it, and I'm going to lock down on the process of it because 
It's not going to happen overnight. See, as I look around this room, the reality is many of us have come to God, left God, come to God, left God, come to God and left God. And you know why? Because you don't want to lock down in the process because it doesn't happen overnight. And some of you have been in your hell for 10, 15, 20 years, and now you want a preacher to preach you out in 45 minutes. This is a process. And here's the awesome part about God. He's like, I will walk through you. I will walk with you through the hiccups, through the mess-ups, through the fallings. I will walk through you. I will walk with you through all of it. Man, do you know that if I would have given up because what was on the inside of me was bigger than me, I wouldn't be standing here today. But I was determined in the midst of my hell to fight through the process because I truly believe that greater was he that was in me than anything that was in the world. So today, it's on your heart to give your life to Jesus. It don't mean that you're going to walk around here spitting Bible 24-7. It ain't a bad thing. It don't mean that, that uh, you know, you can't laugh no more. But today, you want to be sure about your salvation. We offer you the invitation to come down. Let me, let me tell you something. We got to stop asking our kids to be what we not. We got to stop thinking we're going to train our kids in a way that we've not been trained ourselves. Don't you, don't you get it twisted when they turn 12, 13, 14 years old and they acting like you? There will be no walk where there's been no training. There will be no walk where there has been no training. And the majority of the training for your children is you. Oh, I don't want my child to go through this. Then you better stop going through it. I don't want my child to suffer through this. Then you better stop suffering through it. This isn't a play on your feelings or your emotions. This is real. Hell is hot and our babies are dying. Our babies are dying. A 21-year-old man we just read in Florida stabbed his child's mother over 100 times and took the two-year-old baby, the two-year-old baby, and threw it in an ocean where alligators were. And when they found the baby, it was in the mouth of an alligator. I love what Pastor Sonia, we were talking about that this morning. She said, people are possessed possessed by the enemy and every day we are we are watching people be evil like that every day to be able to take a handgun stand in front of someone over something that was said or something that was stolen that you could get back and take their life knowing that that person would never father or mother their child again that is possession of the enemy and it is all around us. So don't think it can't happen to you. Years later, you see people in the system saying, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was in church. I was doing the right thing. And I don't know what happened. I'll tell you what happened. They got okay with being in church. But not committed to being in Jesus.
believe that we're in the last days. I believe that you better make your calling and election sure. I believe that you better stop caring about what everybody thinks about you, what everybody has to say about you. I believe that you better stop caring about the mistakes that you've made. I think that you better, I believe that you better stop caring about all the times that you dropped the ball and make up in your mind to give your life to God because he's coming back soon and very soon. If we have anybody in the building today that says, today I want to give my life to Jesus. Some of you might be saying, I've went down here before. I've come down here before. I've made this declaration before. And Satan is fighting with you now. It's just strict shame that you won't get up and come down. I pray right now the Holy Ghost power fall on your life, give you the ability to tell the devil, sit down, be quiet. I dare you flee the devil right now and get up and give your life to God. For this moment right here, this moment, if you saved, if you saved, you all right. You have no need to come down if you're saved. But for those of you who are not saved, and you know you're not saved, I love God. A lot of people love God and was not saved. A lot of people claim to love God, but was not saved. The coldest words that Jesus ever spoke was to some brothers who came up to him and said, we cast out demons in your name. We heal the sick in your name. We raise the dead in your name. And Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Could you imagine what they felt? They thought their, their false religion had been enough. They thought because they had done some great things. They thought because they had some things to show that they had the heart of Jesus. And they found out this day that God did not even consider them his own. If there's someone in the building today who says, I want to give my life to God, I don't want to play games about that. I don't want to be a hypocrite any longer. We offer you the invitation to come on down. If there's anyone in the room today that says, 